Hi, I'm Rachel. Hi, Hi Rachel. Rachel. I'm a squirter. She said you were a squirter. I don't. That's. Once, happened once. It took us both by surprise. I heard about squirters, but I never had a squirter in my life. That shit was so nasty. I thought the bitch pissed on us. So I'm like, damn, bitch, like. I got the bathroom right down the motherfucking hall. Squirting. The magical unicorn of sex. The male holy grail. Like if he makes this happen, he's the Siegfried and Roy of coitus. <laughs> spray some water on you. I can even spray water out of my belly. Whoa. The question is, how, come, how common or rare are squirters? It seems like squirting is a thing lately. Are you finding more squirters now as opposed to five years ago? Hi, welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt almost didn't make it this week as he's intending to fly up to Alaska to defend his good buddy, Track Palin. Matt and the Palin family go way back because everybody from Alaska knows each other and they're all basically the same person. <laughs> you, let, you know the Palins, right? Trash. Track. 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 Did he try to beat up his mom? I couldn't really figure out what the whole I story... I think he beat up his dad. Is that, is that his real dad or his stepdad? Uh, I couldn't tell. It's, it's, I think Sarah Palin is still married to her husband. Todd. Todd. I think, But isn't that her second husband? Or didn't she have kids without Todd or all her, all her kids by Todd? It's kind of confusing. And half of them have Down syndrome. I really don't. Well, this is the Republican Party. These these are the people that they're targeting in a nutshell. I mean, the fact that she almost became vice president is uh, totally bonkers. Uh, it, it is scary. Although we had a history of really sh- well, a history of shitty presidents, and shitty vice presidents. But yes, the fact that she is as dumb as she is, literally as dumb as she is, and almost became vice president is kind of scary. I mean, they're anti-abortion. You know, the kid got pregnant at 15 or 16. They're like anti-science. At least one or two of the kids has Down syndrome. It's like at a certain point, can you not kind of see the flaws? Is that what Track was trying to do, clean up the family, you think? Just to get it over with? There's probably drugs involved. Yeah. Probably, you know, half of them were molested. Um, I do like the fact they kill things. I like it when they go out in the uh, snowmobiles and kill things. I don't know. It was an odd choice. She was an odd choice. And by the way, she was with McCain, right? So McCain could have died easily. So she could have easily been uh, easily been president. Well, that's essentially the Donald Trump. I mean, I think a lot of things would have fallen into a similar line, but uh, she can't even really talk. Uh, she screams. I don't know how she became governor. Like, when she was running for... She slept with everybody in town. Oh, uh, Glenn Rice. I thought girls became popular in my high school. Uh, who else? A lot of basketball players fucked her. Yeah, do you think some of the kids came from that? Track? Do you think track is Glenn Rice Jr.? No. They all look white and stupid. Yeah. They really do. Well, it's, it's just like, it basically, it basically is like the Dugars, right? It's like one of those TLC Southern families, but in Alaska, which I imagine is not that uncommon, actually, in Alaska. Like I a mean, white trash and white Alaska trash Alaska is very eclectic. It's not like as homogenous as a certain other places, but, you know, there is an element of that, you know. Like, but ATV deaths are still like the highest deaths in all of Alaska, right? Drink, yeah. Drinking, people drinking on ATVs is still like the leading cause of death. Yeah, so it's not yeah. that much different than Louisiana. It's just colder. You can kind of tell, you know, not to stereotype too much, but Todd, Todd is the ultimate Alaska uniform. He wears the snow machine jacket with like <laughs> a baseball cap of some, uh, you know, uh, car or ATV company on, like Honda, Fox. Yeah, he's a redneck. He specializes he's a redneck. in um, 
you know, all-terrain vehicles. He's, a, he's an Alaska, Alaskan redneck. Does he claim... In the Oakleys. Does he claim any Inuit blood? I doubt. I, I think Palin... She went to high school in Alaska, but I think she's from Montana or something. I don't like the fact that she's loose. I kind of like ladies with a loose background. This week's show is sponsored by the 2018 SAG Awards, featuring only females on stage. The 2018 SAG Awards, thank you for understanding that tits are the only reason to watch your glitzy circle jerk. Uh, yeah, the 2018 SAG Awards, I'm sure you're looking forward to those. They're only going to allow women. As, only gonna allow. Yeah, if you think of all the award shows and how horrible all the award shows are, but the most horrible thing about the award shows is actors. And now you have an award show just for actors, just run by actors for actors. Yeah. That's the worst. And it's on Turner. That's the worst of the worst. And now it's made even worse by the fact that they've announced they're not going to allow men on stage. Did they phrase it that way, or what did they say? There will be no male presenters. There will be all female presenters. Obviously, some men can win awards, but they're presented only by women, including the stunt awards, which will be presented only by women, and also the technical awards presented only by women, as a, as a sign that women are unified in the resistance to sexism in the industry. That's pretty reactionary. I mean, we're treading on some dangerous terrain here, I think, when you're just excluding a whole group of people. When you're battling the fact that 20% of guys are sexist by making 100% of women sexist, intensely sexist, like you're battling horrible sexism with just blatant sexism? Yeah, that's well, that's kind of how humans are, you know. They, they don't really compromise much, you know. There's one group, like, kills the other group, and then the other group, as soon as they build themselves back up, tries to, like, kill the group that killed them the first time. That's my theory on LGBTQ people, which is that they were, they were you know, the gay people were, like, put down so, for so many years. Now they finally gain power, at least in media and Hollywood. They're just on a vendetta. They're just really on a, they're just on a vendetta to destroy all the people who kept their, them down or their parents down or wherever it was, like, in generations past. Yeah. Is they have to, like, clean... Yeah, it's like a, like a feral cat. When the feral cat takes over the alley, they clean house of all the kids of the other cats. They literally just murder the offspring of other cats. I'm sure there are other exceptions, but the only one I can think of is the apartheid thing in South Africa where Mandela was in prison and then he got out and they gained power and instead of being like okay now we're gonna like put all these people to death and like you know become super racist towards white people they pretty much just said if you confess you know then we'll call it we'll call it even and that's why he's considered you know such a great man but then you know what happened a better man than i am 20 years later 25 years later they kept all the racists around, and now they're like the most racist country in the world. <laughs> so they might have been, there might be something to this slaughter of the people you've taken over kind of thing. Because yeah. if you let them linger around, they just kind of hang around, and then they take power again at some point, or <laughs> they do their bad shit. They do their bad shit again. So it's like well, in those bad movies when they let the, you know, the superhero lets the bad guy away, when they let Lex Luthor away, mm-hmm. he's coming back again. He's not, he's not he's not learned his lesson. He's coming back in the next comic book to destroy the world again. So there may be something to that slaughter, slaughter the people you defeated. But ultimately, women can't win in this game because they can't operate without men. So it's not a, it's not a, there's no end game to what they're doing. No, I've also noticed that when they, uh, you know, when they are overrepresenting themselves or when the industry is overrepresenting them, it's always, if you notice, a lot of handouts. So there's going to be guys on stage because guys still won awards that people voted for. Yes. Um, but no one's voting for the presenters. So it's like, we'll just make them all women. It's like Al Franken's leaving the Senate. Okay, we'll just put a woman in there. Yes. But, you know, it's Franken affirmative action. campaigned and, you know, went through the whole process, funding, et cetera. I, I have just noticed that it's, it seems like when, when diversity is being pushed, 
a lot of free, a lot of freebies for women. Yeah, and I'll also point out since I am uh, the blackest person here at the table uh, that it's always white women, always white women. Yeah, the black and Latino women, which is the reason they're so fed up with I think the the Hillary Clinton people. Is they they just getting left behind? I mean, these, these advantages are always going. Who's going to be on set? Who's getting who's getting the benefit of this affirmative action on stage? Really wealthy white white women in fifty thousand dollars dresses. Yeah, that's who's getting the benefit. Like Reese Witherspoon and and everybody is, is, are getting the advantages. It's not like they're, they're creating a big pot where like the, the barriers to entry are open and like young black women, young Latina women, young Asian women are going to all of a sudden be invading Hollywood and getting roles. Yeah, it's still going to be these rich white women in controls and. Whether or not they have to face sexism in Hollywood, they are the most equipped and most well-benefited people, downtrodden people in the world. Right. They claim victim. It's really hard to claim victim status from a mansion. I've always thought that. When you own, when you own a $15 million house, it's just hard to claim victim status. It's like that Huffington Post photo that's like burned into my brain where they posted uh, their editor's yes. meeting and they said, this is what diversity looks like. And they didn't understand the uh, fallacy in it. It was 13 fairly homely, white, mostly Jewish women who looked a lot alike. Who even. all graduated from Northeastern Liberal Arts Colleges and from, raised in New York, from New York. And they consider that diversity, which is, you know, it's about as diverse as the Harlem Globetrotters. It's ridiculous. And that, the reason they do that is because to, to actually lift up all women would take a huge amount of overhaul of the system. Whereas to lift up already well-educated upscale white women just takes an appointment like you said it just takes a, a yeah. mandate to appoint somebody to be ceo you can you can make a female ceo anytime yeah, you want you just to hire them you could hire 10 people for any given job you could hire marissa not hundreds marissa meyer if you're looking to tank your company is a, is a lo- a lo- i mean literally she's been lauded because she's a woman if she was a guy and her and she like saw oversaw like the massive decline of yahoo there would not be articles about her on the cover of Forbes or all this shit like that talking about the female CEOs of the future. That's bullshit. All right, now I'm upset. If you want to contact the show, that means I'm ready. Hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, on the show. Uh, Matt, I know uh, you occasionally watch ESPN when you're trying to get your hetero, hetero cisgender, cisgender on. Uh, although ESPN has become a little less masculine than it used to be. I've had to stop watching it. I stopped watching it when the Jalen and Jacoby show had a segment called Women Crush Wednesdays, and they said something like, this segment's dedicated to the smarter, all-around superior gender, <laughs> which, which is just sexist. And uh, it's all very cuckoldy. It's getting... It, it's. You know, every time you watch it, it's you're dizzy. just like, why, why do I keep watching this? You're just watching it sort of out of habit because you used to, you know. I don't watch ESPN anymore, but they do have, as Jameel Hill said, fuck you, we have all the good games. <laughs> so I always remember that because, like, yeah, like, fuck, they have the cuckolding thing going on. But by the way, they have 95% of the best games. Uh, granted, they overpaid for all of them and now they're going broke. But they really do. If you want to watch NBA or NFL or college football, you kind of have, you have to watch ESPN. There's no way around it. Well, the commentators... In the games don't really bother me. I no. mean, they can't say anything controversial, but you know, or, or even halfway interesting. But you know, I like the Jeff Van Gundys of the world. I, I don't think they're really part of the problem. No, they've been around for thirty years. They're not going. They're not changing what they're doing. But it's, the ESP, it's a Disney corporate give, sending down handouts to ESPN, saying here's what we're, here's the direction we're going, and it's like well, shit you're talking about. And the guy who's overseen that is John Skipper. How long till they have a trans uh, sports center anchor? <laughs> Uh, actually, I mean, it's funny. We're talk- going to talk later about Adrian Lawrence. She's actually gotten hot. Uh, I actually thought they were more. Don't you feel it's more authentic when the female sportscaster is not attractive? 
Well, yeah. I mean, there's certainly like like Linda Cohen seems to be the perfect ESPN like female anchor because she's not particularly attractive. She seems to know sports really well, and you could see her like watching a ball game with her. Yeah, yeah. Or well, the sideline reporters in their like fur coats with their long blonde hair. Just, I don't care if they've been studying football since they were three years old. They just don't seem legitimate. Well, they also seem like they don't know anything about football most of the time. <laughs> I assume they're studying, but they don't. Just, you, you cannot picture hot women watching sports. Do you need to study to be a sideline reporter? Uh, well, hey, hey, I noticed uh, Brady got sacked in the fourth quarter there. No. Uh, you, why is that? You do, when you're an ESPN sideline reporter, you don't because you get all access to everything. Mm-hmm. Like, they, your producer brings over the coaches and shit like that. If you're a junior reporter for, like, a newspaper, then you got to get in. you got to know the right people and get, you know, make your bones, right. that kind of stuff. But when you're the ESPN chick in the fur coat on the corner, they bring the quarterback and the coach to you to ask them questions. Right, right. So you really don't have, to do, you don't have to do much. But, by the way, the coaches never ask, answer any questions anyhow. There's never been a legitimate answer to a question in 100 years of sports. So what are you going to do in the second half? Well, we're going to try to stop the turnovers, score some more points, and really focus on winning. All right, thanks, Coach. Yeah. Good, good stuff. So John Skipper has been the C, uh, president of ESPN, the ESPN division of Disney, for the last four years. And as far as I can tell, every single decision he's made has been a horrible decision, business-wise. Uh, they've lost. They've been down six, six quarter, quarter over quarter, year over year, however they do it. Uh, ESPN has been losing money for six straight quarters now, which is not great. They still make money, by the way. They're still a big company. They, but he's lost six, six quarters in a row. They had the Jamil Hill shit. They had to fire 500 people this last 18 months. They fired 500 staff at Bristol. Uh, oh, they did that thing with Richard, Richard Lee, uh, Robert Lee when they pulled Robert Lee from the UVA game. The oh, Asian, that's right. The Asian dude because they thought people might confuse him with the Confederate general. That was just so ill-conceived. <laughs> yes. The fact that that happened is, is nuts. And then the Barstool Sports debacle when they, when they thought they were going to be hip and do the Barstool Sports thing. It lasted for... One show, one and they're show. in like a rape van. A rape van thing. <laughs> like honestly, now now that you know, the upshot of this is John Skipper has resigned, claiming subs- drug addiction or substance abuse. That actually almost explains all these bad decisions. Yeah, that's why I, I always want to know what kind of drug because this seems like is he just dropping acid all day? Like <laughs> this is like a not, he's not a young guy either. This is a guy's like about sixty or so, I would guess. So he's not like a young he's not like a young hip looking dude. This is an older you know uh, white grizzled white guy right very old-fashioned looking conservative white guy. yeah he looks very he's not conservative but he looks very he looks like a you know he's, he's a proper like a proper gentleman you might say uh-huh. so i'm gonna go with cocaine uh that was my first thought i don't yes. know why <laughs> i mean substance abuse is uh, it does open the door for alcohol as well because when it's alcohol they won't say drug addiction they'll say substance abuse so also opi- opioids also if it's pharmaceuticals they often won't say drug addiction they'll say substance abuse because well, drug addiction like, sounds like you're in the hood. When you're drinking a lot, you, you know, you, that can lead you to do other drugs. But I, I feel like you can't really drink at work all day and, like, not get caught. Uh, it's harder, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go with opioid drug addiction, something like that. So, anyhow, he was, I don't know if he was fired. He resigned suddenly yesterday, uh, announcing to everyone's surprise that he was a substance, had substance abuse problems. And he was leaving his job to deal with his very embarrassing and humiliating situation of the disease he had, uh, which was just time coincidentally with the Boston Globe report coming out last week, just scathing report on ESPN's sexual harassment workplace. And I, my theory is Disney doesn't give a shit. ESPN loses money because Disney's making so much fucking money. But they do care if there's a sexual harassment scandal at the, <laughs> under their, in their midst because that's exactly not what they're going to put up with. So the Boston Globe... Did a spotlight uh, report. They that, did a spotlight report on them last week. It released 
that they're they're it's a locker room a locker room uh, uh, mentality locker room uh, workplace men's yeah. locker room place and that's where the Bouchergras thing came out of but a whole bunch of other stuff as well about how women feel intimidated harassed constantly they're not getting promoted they're having to do made to dress sexy all, what's all sorts of you know guy fraternity type shit. Mm-hmm. So someone, I think someone's head out the roll. It was Skipper, and they let him take the substance abuse way out. Because here's my question. If Disney knew that he was a, a drug addict for however long, like guys don't take up drugs at 60. You don't get your first, you don't get your first addiction at 60. If they knew he was, a, a, he was making all these horrible decisions because he was wasted or he was incapacitated in some way, if I was a Disney shareholder, I think I'd fucking sue the shit out of them for letting this guy run ESPN into the ground. Yeah, it's it's just so strange that um, you know it just seems to have come out of nowhere. And I don't know if you if you were going where I was going that uh, yeah on, on the heels of the sexual harassment thing, like was he implicated in sexual harassment somehow? Now, Matt, I believe you're saying that because he's in your sexual harassment pool that <laughs> you've chosen, John Skiffer. We did a pool of who would be next to be busted for sexual harassment, and you have Skipper. I just put him in as a last-minute sub, yeah. I have Goodell. I'm waiting on, I'm waiting, I'm waiting on Goodell and a few other NFL guys. Uh, no, neither of us had Chris Matthews, by the way. That was kind of disappointing. I should have seen that because, by the way, Chris Matthews was an al- was, is an alcoholic. So uh, that would have been a good choice. That would have been. I didn't know that detail. Yeah, he was, he, uh, was in rehab, I think. I'm not sure he was in rehab. But several times he had to leave work many years ago for alcohol problems. Based on his head, he's still drinking. Oh, I don't think I, I don't think Irish Catholic alcoholics ever stop becoming Irish <laughs> alcoholics. Maybe he's not drunk on air anymore as he used to be. He was a reporter, you know. He started as a as a, a written reporter for the newspaper, and I think when you're a reporter for a newspaper, you can drink a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then he became an on air personality. It was harder to hide the fact that you're you're drunk when you're on air. I just assume all those I just assume all those people on cable TV just slosh liquor down in between takes as much as possible. <laughs> uh, but isn't so? Here's the thing. So Skipper, if the guy, if they guy, if they push the guy out, if it's this whole Japanese thing with honorable honorable pushing out of this guy who's fucking horrible, but then his excuse is drug addiction. Doesn't that make the shareholders kind of vulnerable? Like, how long? I want to know how long Disney knew that this guy was fucking wasted and and making decisions like to pull Richard uh, to pull Robert Lee from uh, from <laughs> broadcasting shows. Or from all sorts of other horrible decisions he made, he made throughout time. Like the, was he like high as hell when he did the barstool sports thing? Like, <laughs> guys in a rape van, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do that shit. Well, aren't there? There's a ton of you know laws and protections. Like if you fire someone for being an alcoholic, I think you got to give them a chance to rehab. Or because if you want to call it a disease, then it's like firing someone for having cancer. Or You're something. right. There's a there's a bunch of policies about substance abuse where you can't fire people for that, but you could put them on leave, paid leave. Uh-huh. You don't have to leave the guy in charge of everything. He seemed to, he seemed to be making a lot of really poor decisions, and if it turns out that he was fucking high the whole time, that would actually explain a lot of his poor decisions. Yeah. But I assume that cost him hundreds of millions of dollars or more in ESPN. Even more, probably. It could be billions of dollars. I, I would fucking sue. If I own Disney stock, I don't own Disney stock because I hate Disney. Also, the stock's not good. They, oh, they are buying the world, however. You want to know an interesting, interesting thing about Disney? So they just bought Fox, 20th, 21st, 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. They bought like TV, film, all that stuff for like $50 billion. Disney is still only, uh, they combined Disney and they own Marvel and Star Wars, all that kind of crap, and ESPN, ABC. Disney is still only their market cap, one-fifth of Google. Wow. Yes. <laughs> they're tw- they're, that whole empire is 20% the size of Google and uh, about 25% the size of Facebook. Just to put things in, just to put things in perspective. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have thought that. I mean, Google doesn't have as big of a presence 
I feel like. Their va- I mean, it's not the employee base, but their, va- their, their va- market cap value, the value of their stock, if they liquidated, is $800 billion. I would sell my Facebook stock uh, if I owned it right now. Really? Uh, it, within the next couple of years. But this shows you why everyone's like, oh, there's, there's this. I, I am against the consolidation and all the studios buying each other, but the studios still are so much smaller than these, internet, than these uh, uh, social media companies, internet companies. Dwarfed, and those companies, by the way, are now getting the content. So Facebook, Google, Apple—they're all getting the content, and they're much, much, much bigger than Disney and Paramount and Fox and all, and even Comcast and all these places. Right. So that's why they're—that's why they're having to buy each other just to compete with those fucking uh, the big three. Hmm. Your business lesson for the day. Okay. Matt, I don't know if you've ever placed a pubic hair on a girl's soda before, soda can before, but that's what... Can't say that I have. That's what Anita, taking you back uh, to the early 90s, that's what Anita Hill accused Clarence Thomas of doing when they worked together at the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission in Washington. I'm actually familiar with this case, but I did not know about the pube on <laughs> yes, the soda. On the Coke can. It was a pubic hair on the Coke can. Why? Uh, I Sexual harassment, intimidation. That's like serial killer shit. That is some weird i mean it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me in the in the realm of how disgusting guys are it doesn't surprise me it surprises me that clarence thomas at the eeoc would be doing would be doing that but i don't know i've learned to i've learned to come i've come to understand that men especially women are vindictive but men especially are disturbingly gross well how would you know if it's a pubic it could be a chest hair it could be an eyebrow hair a neck hair yeah, I think, well, I think she said pubic hair. I suppose it's curly. It's curly, right? For well, her. on a black guy, you know, I don't want to get into too much detail, but that hair could have come from anywhere, really. Uh, that's not too much detail. She claimed it was a pubic hair. I don't know, Matt. You have to go back to 1991. All right, we'll have to why do would a he put his separate hair, podcast. Why would he put this? his hair on her, on her Coke can? <laughs> I don't know. It could have fallen. I don't know. It was, I think it was an obviously placed pubic hair. I'm not oh. giving him the benefit of the doubt, so yeah, he probably did do that. Oh, no, I, mean, I don't know if he did. And there was other forms of harassment she claimed, like leering and uh, you know, lewd comments and stuff like that. But the real one that I remember was the, was the pubic, hair, pubic hair on the Coke can because... I would say that I can, I, you know, generally the way you and I think that, you know, the, the comments about your ass in the office place, maybe you put up with. But what it do is pluck in a pubic hair and put it on your soda can. <laughs> that's too much. That's, that's beyond the pale. But that's what she became famous for. And, uh, and she's still famous for just that 27, 28 years later. Uh, she was a lawyer. She wanted to do some lawyer shit. But now she's a feminist, you know, activist. Well, she's, they went to trial, right? No, she testified at the uh, confirmation hearing. Oh, okay. She was the big gun who came out when they tried to stop Clarence Thomas. When Bush appointed, Bush the elder appointed Clarence Thomas, they brought out Anita Hill as like their star witness to try and show that he was a sex fiend. And they were like, yeah, that's, that all seems right. Let's confirm him. Well, in this day and age, I, don't think, I think that would be enough to stop him. But in 91, you know, there was no, before Al Franken cases and all the stuff like that, I just assume the senators all did that shit. And so like, wait, have I ever put a pubic hair on a girl's coke? Yeah, I did it last week. Okay, well, I can't really go after this guy. Imagine the sex harassment back in 91 in Congress. So I think even those guys are like, yeah, that doesn't sound that bad. Um, but here's the thing. She's now an icon of the, of the feminist movement because of the, the pubic hair 20 years later. She wrote books about it. She, did, she gives lectures about you know, feminism and so forth at colleges you and I will never have to go to to listen to. Uh, she actually was voted this past, just this past year, one of the six, I think, glamour women of the year uh, for her active female role in activism that you and I have never heard of. Well, she, I, I, 
I think she stood up for uh, like I think she was pretty articulate, and I know that uh, like I think he came out naked of a shower. I think he did, pulled a Weinstein at some point. You know about Clarence Thomas? Yeah. Oh, maybe yeah, but I'm, that was uh, twenty-seven years ago. Right. It seems kind of neither here nor there at this point. Well, so she's still speaking up. Yeah. They always, whenever there's a case of harassment, now that now the harassment's so big in the news, especially in Washington, they're bringing her back to comment on all this shit. So she's back up in the, in the press again, talking about you know all the senators and congressmen and people in Washington are sexually harassing their staff. But she's also, Matt, named the new chair of the Commission on Sexual Harassment and Advancing Equality in the Workplace, Cashew. <laughs> I wish it spelled Cashew. It's really close. So the, uh, the powers that be in Hollywood have decided that the, the way they're going to combat, the way that they're going to guilt pay their way out of sexual harassment for the last 40 years is to form a commission. So Bob Iger, Ari Emanuel, who runs uh, um, CAA. CAA, and a bunch of other powerful agents, Casting people, producers, directors, all the leaders of all the guilds in town, the trade guilds in town, have all come together and or chipped in, been forced to chip in a check to form the, this commission on sexual harassment and advancing equality in the workplace, primarily to help women stop being harassed and, and uh, face misogyny and sexism in Hollywood in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here's my basic question to you. <laughs> One, uh, well, this is not really a question. The first point is that this is, seems like a very slacktivist, perfect Hollywood reaction to the, the major problem, which is to form a commission that will do nothing. But can you, ever, can you think of a commission that's ever done anything ever? Uh, well, there's like the commissions, like the Warren Commission, the 9-11 Commission. What commissions usually do is they find out something that most people suspected anyway. Yes. And then it's ignored. But there's always a, uh, a blue ribbon panel, a blue ribbon report. It's got the blue ribbon on it. They put out a big report. So a year from now, this after Anita Hill agreed, accepted to be the chairperson of this commission. They don't have a mission statement yet, but they've been talking really nice stuff about helping women out in the workplace in Hollywood. Uh, and a lot of big words about misogyny and all sorts of other, and, pa- and the patriarchy. They're going to challenge the patriarchy. Uh, they're going to put out a report in a year. There'll be some kind of press conference, I would say, at a hotel on the sun, somewhere on Sunset. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone will act shocked, and then I guess the next day the report will be shelved somewhere. <laughs> nothing, nothing will happen. Yeah. And the commission will go on with six, six women having full-time six-figure salaries. Are these all – I like that Anita Hill's involved, but are these going to be people that, um, like, work at – these agencies and stuff because the problem is a lot of those people are like borderline retarded no yeah but i assume most of the people who put money in for this are actually present or future sexual harassment <laughs> people are gonna be accused of sexual harassment ari emmanuel's kind of pushing the pushing it as it is <laughs> these guys are all either either will be accused of sexual harassment or run operations where there's been massive accusations of sexual harassment or they'll use it to tout Assuming that you know they're clean, the, it'll just be the, their virtue signaling of, of course, you know, point bullet point on my resume how I started this commission. Hollywood's really good at a fundraiser. They're really good at fundraisers and and putting together like commissions or galas and raising money for shit. People will always put checks in for crap, and they'll always bring in Anita Hill to be the symbolic uh, chairperson for the commission for cashew. Yeah, nothing will. This is not. You can't fight human nature. With the with the fucking crappy symbolic commission, this is so very Hollywood. I just realized I I also find it suspect if you're starting it because, you know, it's a little too on the nose. It's like uh, I started a commission for, uh, you know, to find out who broke the lights at my uh, condo building. <laughs> it's like, 
Well, I don't know. Why is that? Can't be me. I started the, I started the commission. Yeah. This is sort of like when Harvey Weinstein used to win all the GLAAD awards and the Women's Awards. A year ago, by the way, if this, if this commission was formed a year ago, Harvey Weinstein probably would have been the lead donor and probably would have been one of the key figures they noted as getting behind this. Yeah. And everyone would have, like, applauded him. <laughs> he would have applauded. <laughs> so, I mean, you have, a bi- you have a business based upon looks, entirely based upon looks, where you have a massive oversupply of attractive women trying to get a very small number of jobs. And this applies for guys, too, as well, attractive young guys. Same thing, which is why they're fucking going to pool parties at these uh, gay agents' houses and shit like that when they're 17. You have a massive, you have a thousand hot chicks trying to go for two jobs. And that's just a mark. And then, and then there's a bunch of guys who've come to town who couldn't get laid in high school, decide this is how they're going to get power in Hollywood. This is how they're going to get fucking laid by hot chicks and show everybody back at their prom at their fucking high school reunion, the 25th high school reunion that they scored. And this is a, the whole setup of the industry is based upon this. And then you throw in human nature. There's no way to stop really this from going on, is there? I mean, short of like really draconian, like 20 year, like, because none, none of this, by the way, is criminal. None of these actions are, I mean, outside of the sexual assaults, none of this fucking uh, grabbing ass and staring and lewd comments and, you know, and uh, telling chicks to bend over, all stuff like that. None of that is actually a crime. Right. It's all, it's all workplace harassment. I don't know how you, st- I mean, the only way to stop it. You could criminalize it. Is all well, that, or don't allow people to interact with each other. Have a policy that you can't socialize in any way in the office. Just turn it into a real, um, you know, George Orwell situation. I think that's, ha- I think that's happening already. I-, I mean, what are the Christmas parties like at this point? I'd be afraid to have a drink. Uh, I think what you're talking about is happening in regular workplaces in corporate America, but I think in Hollywood there's still actresses going down and going down on dudes to get parts. Right. That's just what you have to do to get. That's just what you have to do to get ahead. I'm sorry. Not not everybody's Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep claims that Harvey Weinstein never sexually assaulted her, or was ever sexually rude to her in the time that she knew him, which is probably true, because she was actually a talented actress who had some power in Hollywood, and they needed her for movie roles. Whereas 99% of the other women, they, they just pick and, it's just picking. Yeah, two. but she also claims that she wasn't aware of what was going on, which, uh, I don't know, I'd consider her an insider in Hollywood. She probably knew what was going on, but she also, like, so let's say, like, there's always been guys, there's always been guys or girls, women at the top tier of the talent pool. They get treated really well. They don't get harassed. They don't get, you know, picked on. Then there's all the scramblers for all the other shit at the bottom who can be, these guys like Weinstein who are predators, and they're all the, Brian Singer and all these other guys. They know who they're going after. Yeah. They don't pick people that have influence or power they need in their films. They pick throwaways. The whole story about the guy suing Brian Singer for taking him down below on the yacht and forcibly sodomizing him, which I still find really hard to believe. I still don't know how a sober man sodomizes another sober man. It just doesn't seem like it just doesn't seem possible. I mean, maybe like the ultimate warrior. The ultimate warrior. He could have sodomized people against men against their will, perhaps. I mean, Brian Singer is a twink. Uh, he's not actually that tiny, but he's not. He's not. A, he's not. He's a normal size, regular guy. He looks like he's about five nine, about one seventy. But you know, he's certainly not strong enough to hold a man down, a grown man down, with his body while pulling his pants down and forcibly penetrating <laughs> him from behind. Think about how hard that is. If, if I mean, I can see how guys do that to women or old ladies or something like that when they can't. They can really just hold him down with one arm, I guess. How hard would it be to, like, actually rape a dude, a fully grown man? This guy was 18. A 
a fully grown man to do that. It just doesn't seem physically. If they're, if they're both sober, well, if if the um, guy victim is sober, it seems almost impossible. You can see how one guy could pin another guy, like in a wrestling move. But how do you go from that to sodomizing him? Fortunately, sodomizing him, and the guy is not with the guy actually physically fighting you back. It just doesn't. It's just not possible. I agree. If yeah, if they're roughly the same size, and you know, if he could have drugged them or something, uh, he didn't claim any of that. I think they push you know booze on on people a lot. Oh, I'm sure they do. But the whole point of this was it was an ATO guy trying to get into the, into the movie business, and Singer told him he would take care of him in Hollywood, and then never fucking did. <laughs> never did. Yeah, because he didn't have to. You can't do that to Matt Damon. You can't fucking forcefully sodomize Matt Damon. <laughs> gonna, it just doesn't going to work. You can't do that to you know to an A list to an A list actor or someone's ready to come up. You can't fucking just like hold James Franco down and fucking ask. Although he might like that. <laughs> you can't fucking rape James Franco and think you could get away with it. Well, I, I don't get how you can really stop it either. So you can say there's education. Okay. They love edu- they love the word education. All these guys know what they're doing is wrong at this point. And if you're still in an office saying, hey, nice tits today. I feel like you're immediately going to be fired. So, Yeah, no, the only thing I think you could do is what Singapore does with, like, fucking chewing gum, right? Which Where you get caned if you spit gum on the ground, right? So nobody spits gum on the ground. Which is just completely overreact with the punishment. Just completely make it so massively painful that guys are scared shitless to do anything. Well, that's why I'm wondering, and if that's where we're at, but... If if not, how is it still happening? Because I feel like as a dude, you you would just have to be an idiot to to go there. Well, if you're in the if you're in a power position and you're one on one and you're in an office with a chick, I guess you could still get away with shit shit because no witnesses to what's going on. I just, I just think the urge is very strong for guys that are predatory. For guys in general, are kind of predatory, but for guys that are super predatory and think they can get away with it, I think it's still it's not like rape is stopping. It's not like I mean, it's still like going on. Guys are still trying to get fucking laid, and weird, creepy Weinstein dudes are still trying to get laid in weird ways. What I'm saying is trying to get laid, wanting to get laid, is that predatory? Like, in the in the true definition of the word? I mean, guys are uh, seeking out women and taking the initiative a lot more often than, than the other way around. Well, now that's, now that's stopping. It's funny, when I... But that's just biology. You can't stop that. When I uh, uh, penned my penned my tome, uh, Man Rules, <laughs> uh, I talked to a lot of women uh, in the process, not for research because I don't believe in research, but after, after the fact. Uh, the biggest complaint I got from women, and I heard a lot from women about millennial men, males, is that they're so soft in that regard. They will not hit on a girl. Mm-hmm. Is it like I don't think it's, they're scared of sexual harassment. They've been raised in an environment where they're taught not to be proactive with women. And the women are just fucking dying out there because the guys are not fucking hitting on them. And it's just like really sad. Not only, not only that, they find they're kind of effeminate when they actually do. When they actually do. Mm-hmm. But they're not like, they, they're all missing cowboys. They all said they're missing cowboys, which is they're all missing the guy who like says, hey, and like kind of looks at him, grabs him and kisses him. You know, they're all missing that part of the relationship, which is A, what turns them on. And B, what lets them know guys are interested in them. Oh, that goes along with uh, a little bit I just wrote it's a uh, pickup lines for you know our current time <laughs> for millennials to use so it's like hey girl you, you, i bet you could beat me at bowling <laughs> yes right a lot of stuff like that uh-huh. you have to be self-effacing to the point that women have no idea if you're a if you're gay b if you're interested in them and see they're just not getting moist they're not getting moist for the, for the fact that you're letting them know like 
Hey, I, I, don't, I have trouble getting hard. <laughs> I just, you know, I, will get, I won't get hard if you don't want me to, if you find that offensive. The girls love it, too, because, oh, man, I remember being in college, and you'd have those nights where it's like, all right, we're going to go out and, like, hit on chicks, you know. And uh, sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. But it was great for the women because they love uh, if you hit on them and just telling you to fuck off. They get yes. a, a little boost out of that. Of course, who wants? And uh, if they're into you, then they like it because, you know, they respect the fact that you put yourself out there. And it's it's not e- that easy to do, you know. Guys always like it's always like guys. You know, women always say guys don't understand this interaction because guys love compliments of any kind. Guys love ego stroking of any kind. So any girl who like tells a guy like kind of hits on a guy, guys love the attention, right? Yeah, they just do. Guys are programmed to love the attention, and women pretend they don't love the attention, but they do love the attention. They clearly love the attention. Of course. Let's just go right to our next story about Paulina Poritzkova. Uh, an 80s icon, man. I know they like 80s movie. I don't, movies. I don't know if you like 80s uh, SI models, swimsuit models. I do. From foreign countries. I wonder if she had sex with Donald Trump back then. That's hmm. interesting to look into. He seemed to be banging a lot of Eastern European models back in the, back in the day. Well, he was paying for that, uh, I think. I don't think rich, I don't think billionaires pay for sex. I think they buy gifts for their girlfriends. It's the same thing. I, I consider that paying. Well, I mean, if yeah. If you can turn around and sell the purse for a thousand bucks you just fucked a guy for a thousand bucks don't don't try and fool yourself but it's not a it's not a, a strict escort business like elliot spitzer where like okay if you want me to put you on a leash and walk you around on a dog collar that's thirty eight hundred dollars for the evening <laughs> it's more like oh you're a rich guy I heard you're generous i'll be your girlfriend and then he buys you lots of rich important stuff yeah it's an implicit understanding. it's an implicit it's an implicit but that's every that's every trophy wife too so it's nothing which is why by the way i have a problem with prostitution being illegal since it's such a fucking fine line. The fine line is so incredibly fine. It's not really even there. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, for, for a guy, too, if a guy wants to be with some chick who's taking care of him, that's prostitution as well. So I, I, it's, a, it's a fine line for me. So Paulina Portsko, a super hot model in the 80s, did a couple topless movie scenes. Uh, she doesn't look as good as she used to. She's in her 50s now. Uh, so she, cl- she came out during the big sexual harassment revolution we're under now. I also call it the Inquisition. <laughs> with, with Rose McGowan as Torquemada, the evil cardinal who's just making everybody confess and burning them at the stake. <laughs> she's calling everybody out. Uh, she says, uh, Poritzkova, who doesn't give a shit anymore because she's... Oh, so she was married... Uh, I think they broke up finally. She was married to uh, Rick Ocasek from The Cars. Oh. Yes. And I, they, for a long time. I, they may still be married for all I know, but they're like for 20 plus years. Uh, which just goes to show that rock stars, even as ugly as they can be, still get hot, still get hot tail. That's just an amazing. I remember when he first started talking over there, and he's a, he's a weird fucking looking dude. I don't know what he looks like. Based on their music, I kind of thought he would be like a, a good looking guy. He's a weird looking dude. I mean, not like like monster looking weird, but just a weird looking dude. He probably didn't get a lot in high school. That makes school. sense because all his songs are about trying to bed chicks. Aren't yes, they? and then he got the SI like the hottest SI cover girl, and good it was for like, him. yes, exactly. Um, so Boris Kova came out and said, like, look, we had sexual harassment back in my day when I was a model coming up, and we all saw it as a, com- as a compliment. Uh, <laughs> which, you know, of course, that everyone got offended. Everyone got offended, properly offended by that uh, statement. 
But she, and she wasn't referring to sexual assault, which I'm sure she was assaulted as a young model from Czechoslovakia. That just comes with the territory. She was talking about guys telling her tits look nice, her ass look nice, or watching her bend over, or telling her hot, you know, guys she worked with on, I guess, Molly. So These are guys, like, in the industry, like, agents and photographers? And yeah, stuff. agents, photographers, business managers, probably people at Sports Illustrated, probably people for the, you know, guy, you know, probably the guy who ran Sports Illustrated, whatever, just telling her he's hot and love to, like, bang her or whatever. Okay. You know, probably weren't that crew, but probably, like, I'd love to take you, why don't you come back to my place kind of shit. And she said that was a compliment. That's how, like, women knew that they were fucking hot and that they were the, they were the chosen ones. I mean, that was sort of, like, what separated, like, you know, there's ten girls trying to get one job, and the girl who was being sex harassed was the one who knew she was going to get the job. That's a very Eastern block, like, Iron Curtain philosophy. Uh, she's Czech. I've, uh, you know, I've noticed that a lot of women from that region... Uh, Melania. Not as only example, do they not understand subtlety, I, I feel like they don't even know of it as a concept. You know, so the, I feel like they take a lot of things very literal. Like, um, I don't know. Like, I was dating a Russian girl one time, and she said uh, we must break up. And I was like, okay, why? And she goes, oh, uh, other guy, I like you more. He have more money. And I was like, well, all right then. Yes. Um, yeah, you, you know, I feel. Hey, like did you get your money back from the catalog company for that? <laughs> did you have a twelve-month guarantee on the Russian bride? Oh man, I don't think I bought her anything. I should have really. Well, well they're very. Let's say this, they're very. Pra- they're very practical people because they grew up eating fucking stale bread mm-hmm. and, and dirty water. And if they're if you're an attractive girl in Eastern Bloc countries or even nowadays in Russia, Ukraine, something like that, where a lot of the models come out of and a lot of the escorts and naked topless dancers. Yeah. By the way, every Western, it turns out every Western European strip club has just only your Eastern European women because yeah, they yeah. work for less and they'll do more and they don't complain. So when you come out of a shitty, when you come out of a shitty background, which, by the way, I think applies to stereotypically, at least generally, to like minority women in this country versus white women in this country, which is why they don't complain about this shit as much. Yeah. Because they come from situations of real problems where like they have seen like no food on the table, they've seen being kicked out of their homes. They've seen, like, not being able to get jobs and all this shit like that. So if they get a job that, pay, that can pay the rent and all stuff like that, and there's a dude, like, checking their tits out the office, yeah. that's not their biggest problem in the world. Well, there's two ways to look at it. I mean, she could just look at what's going on now, and it's like, okay, so your manager uh, said you have a nice butt. Uh, get a fucking life. Who cares? Grow up, you know. Uh, or it could just be that it's like Mexicans when they work in the factories. You know, a lot of times they get preferential treatment not because they're necessarily better workers they're afraid to complain you know to stick up for their rights so it could be part of that but i also think i mean she's just got to be so hardened like i remember my grandmother uh you know was from ireland you know famine all that shit and uh like one time when i was real little i had to get uh, this wart cut off my toe which they just did with a scalpel and no anesthesia and i was like five and I was, like, crying, and she was just See, like... that's some real Hacksaw Ridge shit right there. I know. <laughs> she was just like, shut up. It's yes. not a big deal. Yeah, right. It's like, I feel like it kind of is, but, you know, I was just a different kind of person. Yeah, I know? had an immigrant grandmother, and she was the same. She was very much the same way. I was just joking with someone the other day. If you sneezed, if you sneezed multiple times, she told you to shut up. <laughs> she told you you were being self-indulgent. She literally said you can only sneeze a couple times, and after that, you're just being self-indulgent. Yeah. <laughs> that was, like, her thing. Like, that was, like, her, her idea in life where you, like, you didn't, like... That's how immigrants, like, from bad, you know, rough backgrounds think. 
Which is just like, shut the fuck up, put your head down, do your work. If you ask for shit, if you ask for special treatment, you, you know, you're going to get your head lopped off. And there's, uh, you know, a lot of positive that comes from that. I mean, those people are overwhelmingly, I'm sure, more successful because, you know, they can uh, block certain shit out and they're, they're more motivated. More less, you think they're at less Xanax and uh, depre- antidepressants and, like, yeah. tw- Twitter rants, you less know? Less blogging. Less, yeah. Can you uh, picture that woman like your grandma, my grandma on Twitter doing rants on Twitter? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No, I can't. <laughs> I don't even... <laughs> um, so, but, you know, I, I can kind of see it both ways because sort of agree with what she's saying, but, you know, she, you can also stand up for yourself, but she is just saying she liked it. So how, saying, how is she not entitled to her opinion? She's saying when men hit on you in any form, even if they're, even if they're like gross men, it's a compliment is what she's saying. It's just because and I, at a base level, that's true, right? I mean, they're hitting on her because she's super fucking hot. That's why guy, guys get gross around hot chicks, right? Yeah. I never understood the guys who get gross. That was, was a whole thing with Clinton. The whole thing I didn't, didn't like about Bill Clinton was like getting gross around unattractive girls. <laughs> like, dropping your pants for Paula Jones, that to me was, like, was a sign of like dis- distress. I was like, cry for help. <laughs> I was like a cry, that was like a cry for help. That was not a dick thing. That was a brain thing. That was a boy from hope crying for help, right? Because if you're, if you're harassing, look at Harvey Weinstein. That's like I got a, a legitimate problem. Yeah, like Weinstein's like going after Ashley Judd and Mira Sorvino and and, and, and even Rose McGowan back in the day when she was a trip before she screwed her face up when she was hot, you know he was a guy who could never get girls. He was going to go after the hottest chick in town and drop his fucking pants. Bill Bill Clinton was dropping his pants. You see the ladies come out now. Then it was twenty five years later coming after Clinton. They were not attractive back then, and they're now they're really <laughs> they're really unattractive. Well, he was working with what he could get. You know, I mean, this was like oh, you don't think there's hot, there's hot chicks in Arkansas? There's hot chicks in other places. He had a thing for. Chubby, unattractive, <laughs> chubby, unattractive women. I never thought about that. You're saying that was his type. I think it was went back to his trailer park shit. You know, like with mm. the, it was, it was just like his. It was more. He was a broken man. I think he was a broken man. Like he was not a classic sexual predator. Like he was a dude. He was attorney general. Then gov. He was attorney general at 28 years old. Then he was governor in Arkansas. Like the most powerful person in Arkansas. Which, by the way, there's a lot of hot chicks from Arkansas. Yeah. Then he was president. He had a. He could have got any chick he wanted, and he went after like these like girls who probably remind him of his mom or women in the, back in the park. I mean, he's also working twelve, thirteen, fifteen hour days. Yeah, Weinstein's working hard, dude. You know, <laughs> Weinstein, Weinstein's working. Weinstein, Brian Singer's working hard, man. Come on, he's on set. Clinton was. You like, know that Kevin Spacey's working hard. He's still making time for fucking rape boys. <laughs> There's no, always no, time no. to rape boys. I don't know. Clinton bl- just took what he could get. You know, it's it's like grabbing a. Bagel on the craft table. I don't know, dude. There. I think it was something of mama. Th- I think it was a mama thing. I think if someone who reminded him of his, of his unattractive mama or someone back in the trailer park who might have fondled him when he was a child or some shit like they that. They did call him the first black president. Uh, but the, even the women he was into the butt. They weren't big the booty butts, women. They were just the big booties. They're just unattractive. When I saw the, the Trump accusers come out again, I was thinking like, okay, we're gonna see a lineup of like model looking, model looking chicks, and they were pretty. Some of them were pretty attractive. I'm like going like. When you get that lineup, like remember, like when uh, the usher, the usher herpes woman came out a few months ago, and one of them was a obese woman, yeah. and one was a dude. <laughs> That's what you don't want. That's what you don't want. When Lisa Bloom brings out your accusers, you want. Uh, you can see Trump like if it was like four X models, him going like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> did I did I get a little rapey with them? Yeah, check them out. They're pretty fucking hot. You want your accusers to look good, right? That's the way you want to go. Uh, I'm going to get an email from Louie. 
Uh, Louis wants to know, with Morgan Spurlock and others pre-confessing their sins, I fucking hate that, aren't we getting to a world where you simply don't want to go outside anymore? What is worse, the thing that's happening now where guys are confessing or trying to inoculate themselves by confessing all their sins ahead of time before stories come out about them, or just waiting for the stories to come out? I I think I go with the pre-confessions being the worst thing I've ever fucking heard of in my life. Yeah, um, it's... Is it a gamble in a way? Because uh, what if I, he must have known someone was about to come out? Or... Well, by the way, his stories weren't. Did you read his story? Yeah, it wasn't that bad. He was naked in bed with his girlfriend in college, and he kind of like pushed her into having sex. Like they were making out in bed with their clothes basically off in his bed in his dorm room, and he kind of he didn't rape her, but he kind of like. Pushed her to have like pushed her to have sex. Like she said to stop, and they stopped for a while, and then they. She didn't really say stop. She kind of said, "I don't really want to, you know, have you know you to penetrate me." And he kind of like, "Come on, you know, we could, you know, how guys are. I might have to repeat this conversation." He cajoled her into having sex. Yeah, uh, he he didn't physically he didn't physically force her to have they, sex. They didn't have sex, and then he was like. Sat there with a raging boner yes. and made conversation sat, for a while. Sat eyes and said, "You don't love me. <laughs> I thought you cared about me." And then eventually, <laughs> she let's have said, a drink. Let's have a drink. It. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe your roommate would be a better girlfriend. <laughs> you know, all the shit guys do. And by the way, when you, so when you're when you're na- when your dick is like six inches away from a girl's vagina and you're naked in bed, there's not a lot of room left to go before there's actual pen- before there's penetration. So it's yeah. not like, you know, in terms of degrees of degrees of sexual. But he he learned that she wrote in her, she wrote then in her, in her English paper in college, or about her about being raped, about being sexually assaulted, without mentioning him by name. But what happened mm-hmm. as a sexual assault? That's when he realized what a horrible thing he had done. Which, by the way, sounds like no nineteen year old ever I've heard of. How do you get your hands on that? Well, that's a good point. Yeah. So, so yeah, what is one of his friends like? So I was in Stacy's uh, creative writing class, and uh, I think there's something <laughs> you got to see here. Well, I think she mentioned her boyfriend, like wrote a story about her boyfriend raping her in bed. So everyone kind of knew who it was. Okay. Um, by the way, when I, I, I don't know, I told you a story before. When I was in college, I uh, one evening I was a freshman, and uh, there was a girl, and we were both intoxicated. Uh, not, I wanted nothing to do with the girl. She was, I, I would call her a friend at best, like a dorm person, and we were going to. Uh, um, a party across all the way across campus and I was pretty pretty drunk and so I saw her I said are you going to this party whatever like that you want to go together and kind of like need her help me not get lost (laughs) you know you know when you're drunk like that you need like uh, someone to help you Uh like if you're going to walk like a mile and a half you know you shouldn't go by yourself yeah yeah so you spot someone you know you're like hey let's go together you're kind of like you know she's not holding you up but she's kind of like making sure you don't like fall downstairs uh, You're essentially trying to affirm whether or not you should be going. Like, if she says, no, you should just stay home. Yes. You're too fucked up. You go, okay. Yes. Yeah. You're right. You're just looking for a little. But you look for a sober person, basically, to, go, to be your escort. Yeah. And so I went with her. We walked all across the way, just conversed, whatever. I was drunk. I think she was sober. No physical contact whatsoever. And then she wrote a story. She was a writer. Went on to write, like, books, novels, whatever. Wrote a story in her class about uh, uh, a guy who had a name, like, Exactly like mine, uh, who she met drunk on campus and walked across campus and tried to, uh, like, I wouldn't call sexually assaulted her, but had sex with her, sort of like uh, pushing himself on her to have sex with her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then like a guy who was in her writing class came to me and said, like, dude, 
<laughs> there's a story about you. And by the way, she was extremely unattractive. Uh, uh, having sex with her, that she wrote about having sex with her. I'm pretty sure she wrote about you. And I went and oh, saw man. her. And I said, whoa, uh, what, you know, nothing happened. I was just, we walked. And so she goes like, I know, it's literary license. <laughs> like, wow. like, I just, I, it was just, it was a story that impacted me. And I just, you know, changed it up. It's not really about you or what happened. But it's like, I'm like, uh, you, used my, you used my name. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, really? So. I mean, I know comedians start with something that really happened and then, yes. you know, uh, exaggerate it and twist it. But you can't do that when it's something. Uh, like, no. And by the way, if we went to like a 40,000 person state college and my name was John and she did wrote a story about John, fine. <laughs> but at a smaller school where like everyone immediately like came to me like, dude, what happened that night? Because <laughs> how <laughs> drunk were you that she was traumatized just from walking across campus? with No, you? she wasn't even she wasn't. Even, that was a thing. She wasn't even traumatized. She was still like very friendly. She was just like that inspired her to write a creative she just story. Got an idea. She got an idea based on that night. Like, what if I was walking this guy and then he, you know, attacked me, assaulted me and that that, that didn't happen. What, what if? And she wrote a story about that because in English class in colleges now all women have to write stories about rape. <laughs> That's sort of the topic of choice. So I was like, "Whoa!" Anyhow, so the point is, I uh, kind of relate to, <laughs> kind of relate to this pre-confession thing. But what a world we would live in, Matt, if every guy you knew confessed all their sins constantly. Would you ever leave the house? Would you ever want to hang out with anybody ever if that's all they did? No. Um, yeah, I, I don't know because it's some of it is unnecessary. It's like. Yeah, I cheated on both my wives. It's like, are you just kind of rubbing it in? Like, do you need to even say that publicly? No. For them? No. It's what you mentioned with, like, that show on ESPN you hate with the, you know, the better better sex. This whole premise, the premise now is women are good and men are bad. And so for a man to be accepted back into the tribe, at least in the media business, they have to discuss all their flaws. Mm -hmm. They have to talk about all the bad things they've ever done to women ever to then be forgiven and then be accepted back into the tribe. This is a very weirdly, like, 15th century religious thing going on, like a confessional. Like, that's why I call it the Inquisition. Like, you're supposed to confess your crimes before the church, and maybe you'll be absolved. Actually, you get killed a little, <laughs> little cleaner. But unless you confess your, your heresy, you can never be accepted back in the tribe. So you have to claim, you know, just like the witch trials. You've got to claim you're a witch. Yeah. If you deny you're a witch, they burn you. If you claim you're a witch, they might just beat you and let you let and you I live. I think it is almost as simple as you intimated because, like, in, in terms of women good, men bad, because the only thing people apparently care about is this one specific type of violation of uh, groping, yes. sexual harassment, sexual assault. Whereas, I mean, I don't think a guy is coming out like, well, I pushed a guy in front of a subway train one time. <laughs> no. Or, uh, uh, you know, I stole $50,000 uh, from my company, went ahead and uh, wired it uh, to an offshore account. It's like like Franken, Al Franken had to resign over fairly tame He's still there, by the way, he isn't did. he? he hasn't well, he's yet. going to resign, yeah. uh, which is doing a comedic photo where he grabbed a boob. It's not yeah. cool, but it's, frankly, it's not that, not that big of a deal. He should have apologized. shouldn't have done it. Um, so that's considered uh, more of a reason to resign from from Congress than, like, Maxine Waters, who's a Democratic uh, congresswoman, who, like, employs all of her family who lives uh, in, Beverly Hills. in bogus jobs with million-dollar gigs, whose yeah. husband uh, is, is, uh, was the chairman of a bank that she got bailed out, and on down the line, and it's yes. like... You know, those kinds of crimes, uh, who cares? It's, it's just this one specific thing, which, uh, frankly, in the, in the case of Franken, 
He's not one of the worst Democrats in the Senate. Do you know? I mean, counting that. No. Do you know like that? The whole there was a big scandal about the sexual harassment like claim thing they had, like the, where the Congress would pay for their sexual harassment claims, mm-hmm. like the the thing for John Conyers and the other guys, and the, like four or five congressmen are resigning now because their names have been revealed that they used like twenty eight grand to pay off somebody from that fund. But did you look at the whole fund because there was like twenty million dollars in the fund for payoffs, and most of them were not sex harassment related. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of other civil suits against like the the Congress people. That they used this money to to settle that were like far worse than like what like you said like what Al Franken did with the other guys did were like you know asking a woman to give her five million dollars to have a baby for you yeah some of these were like real financial crimes or other crimes where people really got hurt and they were using this and nobody's talking about that no one gives a shit about that because it's just not topical so yeah like I said like if that's if a congressperson can be in Congress for twenty years and the worst thing is they drop their pants one time. They're probably the best congressperson, congressperson ever. Yeah. It's, and it's, some of them are actually, like, killing people, like, <laughs> launching wars or, like, stealing millions or, like, bringing back, you know, 80 million bucks to their, their town for, no, for a, the bridge to nowhere or shit like that. Yeah, but it's this Twitter culture, I think, that, you know, because I do think we're getting dumbed down. So I'm reading about Maxine Waters and uh, a few of the other ones, and it's actually pretty complicated. Bob Menendez, he was a... Uh, Sen- his senator from he got paid by the doctor in Florida. Yeah, he had this elaborate scheme that was incredibly shady. He's just using tax money, and uh, but I was reading about it, and I'm like, this is complicated. Like, I almost have to read this yes. two or three times to even understand what it was that he was doing. Whereas, you know, grabbing boobs, fucking four year old understands that. <laughs> yes, you know, it's still fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous, and that. Yeah, yeah. Spurlock, I assume, has done other bad things in his life besides cheat on his wife. If he was an alcoholic, like he said, he's probably done lots of shit. Uh, he probably broke a few guys' noses. He probably assaulted guys. He probably stole money or shit like that or whatever, spent money on his film productions for his personal booze or shit like that, mm-hmm. which might be far worse. If you cheat on his wife, that sucks for his wife. That doesn't affect the rest of us. It doesn't affect the rest of us. Yeah. I just don't want to live in a world where, like, the paper boy is coming up to me confessing. He's, like, peeking in ladies' windows. <laughs> or, like, your barista, the male barista is like, uh, I've been eyeballing this chick down her top for the last two years. You know, I don't want, I don't want to live in a world where people are confessing their, their venal crime. Their venal yeah, crimes. what's done is done. And I, I don't even... I'm not a Catholic at all, and I think the confession thing is utterly absurd. I don't think it even encourages you to be a good person because you could literally kill a bunch of people and go into the booth and they're like, just say four Hail Marys. You know, like, just don't do it anymore if you feel bad, you know. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know much Catholic church, but I don't think they'll give you absolution unless you stop doing whatever you're doing. Like you have to. You well, have there's to, a lot of churches. Yeah, you can, find, you can you make can find. the rounds, and even then, the priest gets paid pretty well to listen to that shit. <laughs> so, I mean, people. This is stuff that people used to tell their priest, or their psychiatrist, or something else, or their best friend, I guess. And now they're just telling everybody all their shit. Yeah. I don't. I, I agree with Louie in this. I don't want to live in that world. Men. There's something about men, especially that what used to separate men from women. Women bond over their problems. Like women bond by sharing their 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 life's little tragedies. If you ever hear women talk, they will start with like. One woman will say, this bad thing happened to me. Then another one will say, this bad thing happened to me. Like, oh, that's horrible. And another one will say, this bad thing happened to me. Mm-hmm. That's how they sort of bond over their misery. <laughs> Whereas guys are supposed to fucking bury that shit as deep as possible and never share that stuff because it's a sign of weakness. Yeah. And now it's like, do you think more of Morgan, Morgan Spurlock now that he's giving the details of his sex, his sex life and the times he may have hit on women too many times? No, I, I think he's... <laughs> 
It makes me think he's just a dark, weird guy, or he's just really cynical and trying to like get involved in this thing. Because just why? What was the point? Do you think he'll be on the Cashew Commission with Anita Hill? <laughs> with Anita Hill, this is this is this is a very religious process that's going on in Hollywood right now with this confessional, the absolution, you know, the Hail Mary, you know, the whole penance thing you have to pay. You have to confess your sins. You got to do penance. You have to be asked to be back in the church here, back in good standing. It really is like a weird old, like, uh, you know, a Catholic Mormon shit going on here. Kind of bizarre. Where, like, some women have made rules that are vaguely defined because, by the way, none of them are criminal. So these aren't, we have like 8,000 laws that are crimes. These are non criminal acts. These are moral crimes. Mm-hmm. And someone is deciding what is a moral crime and what is not a moral crime. There's a, there is some sort of female up there who's deciding this stuff, which men don't seem to know what, what, they, what, they re- what the rules really are. But your entire life can be taken away from you, essentially, if you do it wrong. That's what Tavis Smiley was saying last night. Yeah, I mean, you just have to differentiate between obvious harassment, serial harassment, and assault, and some guy with bad social skills who tells dirty jokes. Yes. You know. And I was, I was thinking, uh, if you ran a company, Matt, just hypothetically, because, you know, that won't happen. No. But if you ran a company, and you were hiring somebody, and you're two qualified applicants, right? One's a woman, one's a man. Both same background, both same skill set, education, whatever. They're, all, they're both going to be just as good at the job. But one of those people, two people, if there's a dick joke told in the office, can destroy you and your company and take everybody down with it, publicly humiliate you and shame you and destroy you. And the other one has no such power whatsoever. Who would you hire? I would have to hire the guy because yes. I would never harass a woman, but I can't say that I wouldn't accidentally offend them somehow or even someone who worked for you might do that right, right? someone you're someone you're someone who worked for you might harass that woman or tell dirty jokes or look down her top or something like that and then she sues the whole company and then you're fucked yeah so whereas a man has zero such power so take that brian <laughs> why that's why i have brian that's why have, that's why we get the final brian here of course Matt, we have a segment today uh, called Which Makes Hollywood Celebrities More Moronic? Which of these two things makes Hollywood celebrities sound more moronic? Okay, the first one is the Keaton Jones story. Keaton Jones is the kid who was bullied in Tennessee, the viral video of him crying and asking why he was bullied. Which, by the way, when we only knew that much information, I already hated the kid. And I hated his mom for doing that. Yeah, because no kid... At first, I was like, I feel really bad for the kid. Um, but then it was like, well, what kid would collude with his mom to release a public video of him crying? So clearly the mom was sort of uh, taking advantage of him. That, I wasn't even thinking that far ahead, Matt. You're like two steps ahead of me. I was thinking, like, what bullying situation at school ever gets better when you tell the authorities? When, right. you, cry, or when you cry to the principal, what, bully, what, what kid who's bullied at school ever gets a better situation after the fact? Who's yeah. a tattletale? What tattletale ever fares better in the schoolyard? And at what point is bullying? So we had this kid in our school one time, and I don't know what the hell happened to him. Uh, we're friends now, but his nose started drooping off of his face. I don't know, some weird fucking condition you get. So we called him droopy, you know? Yep. Um, and uh, it was just really hard to ignore. And so I was looking at the Keaton Jones kid, and I was like, 
what is uh, going on with his nose? You know, I'm kind of <laughs> curious what what that is. I, you want to call him droopy? Bring it back again? I felt terrible You're for him, but, bully. you know, I, I don't know. It's like I, I kind of wonder what's going on there. Just what kid who's getting pushed around the schoolyard is going gonna, is gonna to have their lot improved by having a viral video of them crying about being pushed around? If you weren't getting your ass kicked <laughs> yes. at that point, you are definitely going to. I'm not a bully. I wouldn't have bullied the kid, but if I saw the video, I would consider it. I, consider, I would definitely consider having one guy get behind him and the other guy pushing him up, pushing him backwards over him. I would definitely, I'll tell you what, I would rag on him real hard and yes. make fun of his mom, like, to his face. That was a classic move, by the way, when the one kid would get behind the guy, like, on all fours, and the other kid would push him back over. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Love that. Love that move. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, so Keaton Jones, after every single Hollywood celebrity... Uh, it decided that they were going to give him shit. UFC, Dana White's going to invite him to the next UFC to be ringside, meet the fighters. The, guy, the cast of the Avengers, Don Cheadle and, and Chris Evans are going to invite him to the premiere of Infinity Wars and f- flow him out to Hollywood, so like that. And then the very next day, they, over, they, they come up with the fact that his mom is making Confederate flag videos. And maybe little Keaton, by the way, was dropping N-bombs, N-bombs at school in Tennessee. Well, maybe that's why everyone wanted to kick his ass. <laughs> it's quite possible. And then there's like the 180, the Don Cheadle 180, like, uh, invitation to the Infinity Wars rescinded. rescinded. It was like they jump as fast as they jumped on the bandwagon. It was as fast as they jumped off the bandwagon, <laughs> which is just fucking idiotic behavior. Okay, that's the first case. The second case is uh, the nasty infighting between uh, Rose McGowan, Alyssa Milano, Meryl Streep, all the Me Too's on how to properly protest sexual harassment. So this, this we're now in like the third wave of post Weinstein era. We're now like nobody outside of Hollywood really gives a shit or outside of D.C. really gives a shit about all the stories that are coming out. They just either they either they're just exhausted from the stories or they realize the stories no longer have serious offenses involved in them and mm-hmm. no one cares about them. So now Hollywood is just telling their stories to other people in Hollywood about harassment. And now they're bitching at each other about not saying their stories properly. Matt Damon suggested that there's we shouldn't there's a spectrum of sexual assault and we shouldn't treat. Guys who tell dirty jokes, necessarily off-color jokes, the same as guys who rape women. And he was attacked by Alyssa Milano, who was attacked by Rose McGowan for defending Weinstein's wife, who then attacked Meryl Streep. Rose McGowan attacked Meryl Streep for saying she's going to wear all black to the Golden Globes and actually having worked with Weinstein and calling her a sellout. Uh, Then everyone turned on her because you can't call out Meryl Streep because she's the goddess of fucking feminism and (laughs) unelected goddess of feminism in Hollywood. Uh... They're all turning at each other, and they're just calling each other. I mean, Rose McGowan called Meryl Streep a bunch of nasty names, and then other actresses called Rose McGowan nasty names. That's your second case. Infighting, Hollywood infighting. Which makes Hollywood look stupider, the Keaton Jones case or the sexual harassment Me Too infighting among actresses? I don't know. It's a tough one. It really is. Because uh, Cheadle, you know, I, I don't know. Did we think that we wouldn't find any dirt on this weird mom who's like posting videos of her son. Um, I think smart. I think smart people in the digital age have come to realize you don't want to be first on the bandwagon of a viral of a, of a viral video. Either it's going to be a hoax. It's going to have to be a hoax. You're going to be the guy who says some horrible shit. And then you know what? Eighty percent of our videos are hoaxes or something, right? Mm-hmm. And the other twenty percent are hiding something. There's very few that turn out to be authentic. There's very few viral videos that actually turn out to be authentic, that turn out to be exactly what they claim to be in the beginning. And yet people can't resist being first in to jump on the bandwagon. I think smarter yeah. people have realized you wait, 24, you wait 24 hours before you say anything. And it almost is a bandwagon because, you know, Cheadle, I don't know anything about him. Seems like a nice guy. He's a really good actor. Uh, 
but is he trying to insert himself into the popularity of this video or was he genuinely moved by it? We don't know. Um, in terms of, so I think he just maybe, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He probably had good intentions and uh, thought thought twice of it. Just uh, made it maybe a uh, spontaneous decision to get behind it. With uh, Meryl Streep, Rose McGowan, all the, it's it becomes so convoluted, like snake eating its tail. I mean, I always just remember going back to uh, the Roman Polanski honor at the Oscars, which seems like a long time ago. It wasn't that long like ago. Like seven years ago, yeah. Meryl Streep's standing up and applauding. and um, They love Polanski. I mean, everybody applauded Polanski. You know, she didn't have a problem with it then. Rose McGowan's attacking Streep for working with Weinstein, but I think she worked with Weinstein as well. So there's not much there. McGowan obviously just needs material. McGowan took money from Weinstein. We don't know. To be quiet about her sexual claims of sexual assault. She worked with a director who is a convicted pedophile. So It's a fucking dirty business, Matt. There's no, one, no one has their hands clean in this business. And I think that in this era of... But if anyone's holier than now, it's not these... Chips. No, not who is holier than who has made it in Hollywood who's holier who's got a clean record. Clooney, eh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. So people love Clooney. Uh, Clooney's got a shit. He passed out the headphones. That still bothers me from last week on the airplane. Uh, no, you're right. I mean, I, I they're both idiot. They're both idiotic uh, Hollywood stories. Uh, the ladies infighting with each other is just funny. I mean, to me, it's the greatest form of entertainment that's come out of Hollywood in many years. <laughs> it's the funniest thing that's come out of Hollywood in s- such a long time. Is that they've actually like. You know, first everyone was responding to like, you know, Rose McGowan was in the spotlight. Everyone was responding to her. She was getting positive reviews from across the country. Middle America even was going like, okay, you said. And then slowly people got tired of that shit and the, and the Me Too stuff. And now there's like no audience for, the, for their virtue signaling. So now they're just literally attacking one another. It's like a little social science experiment going on here. Yeah. Where like, it's like Lord of the Flies. Like there's no one else for the bullies to pick on. Now they're just picking on, and they're just picking on each other. And they're parsing minutia. Uh, they're all obviously against sexual harassment. They're all obviously pro-women in Hollywood. But now they're actually just parsing one another to show who's more so. And if they misstep with their words on Twitter and Twitter ads, they get called monsters and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, really is, it really is kind of an amazing watch of like uh, the female Lord of the Flies. And, it would know, be a great... Uh, remember when they did that celebrity boxing on Fox? Yeah, the Brady's always... The Brady Bunch were always Foxes. Yeah, the Brady Bunch. I think Manute Bowl fought... Uh, oh, God. Uh, Muggsy Bogues or something like that. Um, I mean, yeah, I, w- I would love to see McGowan. And by the way, I wouldn't fight McGowan uh, if I was a woman because I think she's insane and could do some damage. Yeah, any woman who sha- uh, voluntarily shaves her head scares the fuck out of me. Yeah. It wasn't for a role. It was just to shave her, just to shave her head. I wouldn't mind. You know, I mean, McGowan clearly is positioning herself to be the voice on this thing, and she succeeded to a degree, but, you know, at a certain point, Despite the fact that we have a pool going, you're, you're just going to run out of dudes. And uh, well, she, don't forget, she has her book coming out in January, so mm-hmm. she's overreaching for her business purpose she's here. She's got to stretch it out another yes, another month or so. Yes, I, I think she know. overstepped with Meryl Streep because people love Meryl Streep. That was just like uh, it's like taking on an taking on an icon. Even, even everything she said about Meryl Streep is correct, and that she was kind of a a lister sellout. Didn't get didn't do much as a pretend feminist. You can't take on Meryl Streep, dude. No, because there's something about, and the reason they always show her at the award shows is, I think it's just the way her face is phys- genetically built. She looks pious and yes. like sort of angelic. Yes, uh, she looks like a like a hagiography 
uh, of like a saint from the 1700s or she something. Yeah, she's actually Jewish, but she looks like a Protestant saint. You're exactly right. Yeah. But you can't, she's like, it's like you and Kobe Bryant. You're the only person in L.A. who picks on Kobe Bryant, doesn't like Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Kobe Bryant's so beloved. He was at this Lakers celebration last night. He's so beloved here. It'd be like someone like, and yes, obviously the man has a lot of personal flaws, but it'd be like during a celebration last night for someone in L.A. to go like, eh, didn't he uh, sodomize that chick in the hotel room? That's which, what I do. I always do that. I know. but like People get pissed. Yeah, they totally get pissed. That's like taking on Meryl's. It'd be like, Rose McGowan, yeah, she's a much hard, harder core activist and Meryl Streep. Taking on Meryl Streep is a really, really fucking bad idea. Matt, let me ask you. We have an email from Angry Andy. Angry Andy, is that you, Brian? Is that you? No. <laughs> Angry Andy. I uh, be angry who's if I tried. who's censoring my fake emails? Who's <laughs> sorting my fake emails? Uh, so here's the thing. So everyone's up in arms because ESPN released the John Butchagross. I finally learned how to spell Butchagross, by the way. And Adrian Lawrence text showing he was basically innocent in terms of their tete a tete. Uh, how far away from due process have we gone, actually? So. John Butchagross and Adrian Lawrence. Adrian Lawrence filed a commission on so-and-so, so-and-so in Connecticut against ESPN for sexual harassment in the workplace. She doesn't work for ESPN anymore. No, she was fired. Or she left or was fired last year. She was fired in the big round of firings? No, she was, I think, let go in some sort of... I mean, they have fired a lot of people. Uh, I'm sure she has a complaint why she, was fought, why she was fired. And she took it to this Connecticut State Board, claimed there was a workplace of sexual harassment at ESPN, and among the most obvious examples was how John, uh, longtime ESPN anchor or sports center anchor John Butchagross, was sexually harassed or was trying to get in her pants, basically. Uh, and Butchagross and ESPN, this is ESPN's the one on the financial hook for this because otherwise they never would have agreed to this, released the actual text. Butchagross gave him the text that he and Lawrence had exchanged, and the text looked like a office to a man and woman office flirting with each other over the course of a couple months. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wanted to have dinners, plays. She was sending smiley faces and roses, rose emojis. He was obviously trying to hit on her, but not in a. There was no grossness about what he was doing. No, he seemed like a gentleman, and it seemed pretty cordial. And she didn't seem like she was offended by it. You know, based on her responses. No, she was kept encouraging them to see each other when they were working on the road and stuff like that. There was no sex, I don't think. But like, she was asking, "Let's get dinner in Cleveland." All this other when we're on the road covering the Cavs game and shit like that. Uh, and it made him look very innocent. And then what happened after that was there was, a, there was a pushback from people saying, like, you shouldn't have released the text. Uh, that just shows how you don't care about sexual harassment. You don't care that it's a real thing in the workplace. And Butcher Grassi has been like, fuck, am I not allowed to defend, to actually defend? I've been accused by this woman of, like, be, being improper with her. And I have texts to show that I wasn't improper with her. Am I really not allowed to release the text to show that, yeah, and he to wasn't. Defend yourself. And he wasn't. And I think we're at a place now where, as Angry Andrew points out, where like you're actually not allowed to defend yourself, which is why in the Tavis Smiley case, PBS did an investigation behind his back and came to all the conclusions before they let him speak, such that they could actually get rid of him before he was allowed to defend himself. Yeah. Well, I think that I'm a fan of uh, information. In general, I don't. I think I like whistleblowers. I don't think the government should keep secrets. I like WikiLeaks. I like uh, hacks. I like all of it. Um, but on a lot of these cases, it's like uh, you know they'll accuse someone of sexual harassment and not say what happened. And I would submit that they probably don't want to release the details because then, like in this case, people would look at it and go, "Okay, there's nothing here." Well, they're sa- yes, they're saying that it muddies what, what Lawrence and her team, the sexual harassment pros. 
the feminist people are saying it muddies the water. So it muddies the water. So you found one example of the conversation. It was a full conversation, but you found one example where maybe it was not, you know, it was not so clear that he was sexually harassing her. Although she claims that she had to be nice to him because he was a senior guy there, and therefore she was just playing nice so that she would be able to get ahead in business, which seems like a very subjective case, subjective, non-substantiated case to be made. Um, well, maybe she was playing nice. But then, what's he supposed to? What's he supposed to do? Does he know that she's uh, like a uh, conniving uh, social climber? I don't know. If a girl says, "Why don't you come to my?" If a hot woman says, "Why don't we have dinner at my place?" What are you supposed to do? Like, well, I wonder what her real reasons are for this. <laughs> Is she trying to like? No, of course. Once you've received the invitation, you're going to go. Uh, and he seemed very polite in the whole thing. But they're saying it muddies the waters for the bigger picture, which is how women are downtrodden in the workplace and they're forced to do these kinds of things and have these polite conversations with men regardless. And that by bringing the text out and making it look like, you know, she was equally responsible for their flirtation, it just takes away from the main point of this, which, again, seems like it goes against the entire justice system, (laughs) our Western justice system. Well, it's insane, too, because so many cases they'll just they'll take something out of context. They'll take a bad text and, and release that. Even the, and not show the whole conversation, you know. So how come you can like? It, it, obviously, they just want more leverage. There was a uh, over the weekend. There was a, um, one of the ladies. I think she was a former. She was an Obama person spokesperson. She was in the Obama administration, and she and this other women were on panel on uh, MSNBC or something like CNN or MSNBC. And she said that an, ac- an accusation is enough to get people removed from their jobs. She said that an accusation needs to be taken as fact. Okay, that, because it's too serious. She says this, this topic is too serious not to accept accusations as fact. All right. I mean, there's no precedent for that in <laughs> no. like the history of America or the world. Well, uh, there's evil precedent for it for sure. Well, yeah, like the there's fascist, there's sense. fascist precedent for it. <laughs> there's kangaroo court pre- and star yeah, chamber precedent I, I, for I, it. I misspoke, but in terms of it being a good idea, uh, I mean that just shows that she's up. That perhaps there is some. I don't know how loosely organized it is, but some conspiracy in order to institute a, a power grab. A cabal. Yeah. There's a cabal. I think it's mostly vengeance. I would say it's mostly vengeance, Matt, mostly blind vengeance, where people are saying shit like that. I agree with you. I like cabal. I like the word cabal. It's a good word. And I like the fact that women may be like meeting somewhere like at Starbucks in the back and deciding that they're going to take over power. <laughs> they're certainly, again, all, these are all, of course, uh, uh, well-educated white women, professional white women making these uh, these Smart, and they see what works and what's trending although i still believe it's mostly with uh, women it's mostly rage mostly mostly blind blind vindictive vindictiveness well entitlement too <laughs> yes i mean it's pun- they are looking to punish they are looking to punish men i think they're really looking to punish men because they probably got their fucking ass grabbed for whatever long and they had to put up with shit and now they're just looking to make them pay it's like we talked about at the beginning of the show the tribe that takes over is trying to destroy the tribe that was in power before so yeah. i think it's less cunning and more just angry well i would be careful too because even though in practice, it would probably never work. Then, uh, if if she accuses some guy of sexual harassment, the company goes, you know what? That's enough. Uh, you're fired just uh, due to the accusation. Uh, you know, I would hope some guy would do the same thing to her. That will never happen. That's a nice dream, man. It will never happen. They, 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 these uh, the women are able to take this campaign on, knowing that they themselves. So, like, if you're like Bob Iger now, you have to pay in the cashew commission because, God forbid. Or maybe you did, deservedly, someone was going to come forward and make a claim against you. Mm-hmm. If you're a woman, you never have to worry about the claim coming forward against you. So you're really, you're never going to be challenged with the hypocrisy 
or like, oh, she was a champion, but now look at what she did. Because women, you're really free from this accusation. Well, you don't know, but I guess in theory, if more women are in power, and you know, the, this seems to be a sticking point of the power dynamic, then I could see some uh, assaults. Uh, I'm sorry, accusations being leveled. But it, won't, it still won't matter because women will still, even if women have 99 percent of the power positions. They will still be a protected. They will still be in the protected class. Right. And men, you could work. You could work in an office place where you're the one guy. It's 99 women, and they're fucking assaulting, <laughs> assaulting you daily. And you try to bring a lawsuit, and you would have no standing because you're not in a protected. You're not in a protected class. Right. That's the genius of the, the, this this women this upscale women's movement is they have every single advantage, and they have nothing nothing working against them. They have the advantage of being a protected minority. And still being in a very advantageous position, being in a very advantageous social position to begin with. Yeah, I don't know if they planned it this way, but it worked out really Pretty well. genius. All right, our final statement today, Matt. Panties on a bunch. This is actually about a woman, so this kind of makes sense. Uh, Amanda Knox, you remember Amanda Knox? Yes. She went off to... She's a, a fox. She's a foxy noxy. Uh... Really? Yeah, she's pretty hot. They made her up. Her post, her when she got out of prison, they made her up quite a bit for her media tour, and she looked a lot better. But she was a she was not a bad looking lady. I wouldn't say she was a model type, but you know. Uh, by the way, uh, college abroad, semesters abroad. When are they just going to admit that that's just fucking party? That's just an excuse to party overseas. Do you know people who went on the semester abroad? Oh uh, yeah, all they did was drink and bone foreigners, right? And study art. They have art classes or some shit like that. They all get A's. First of all, everyone like I don't remember when I got like C's all C's in college, and they were semester abroad, all A's and like art appreciation. Yeah, your parents <laughs> are paying thirty grand a year for you to. <laughs> One of my friends went on a semester at sea. Yeah, oh, those are the best. Like, <laughs> was it? Co- I was co-ed at least. Oh, yeah, of course okay. it was. Yeah, of course. So sex below deck. Everyone's always, by the way, they're, they're, when they go college abroad, like all these colleges, they go to Italy or England or France, whatever. They never go to like the Congo or like sub-Saharan Africa or like Bangladesh or some horrible places. They're always going to like Venice. Like I have to study in Venice. It's some bullshit. That's the biggest. That, that program is the biggest joke of any part of the whole joke that is college. Yeah. The semester abroad. It's just fucking getting drunk in a different place where they have museums. I don't think, like, Chinese and Korean kids go to Vegas or Cabo <laughs> no. for the semester. I think no. they uh, are too busy with other They're stuff. They're too busy learning mathematics and dominating the world. So Amanda Knox went to Italy. I don't know. I forget what college. Was she, she was at a college in Washington, wasn't she? Or was it East Coast? She's from Washington. She's from Seattle. But I think maybe it was in East Syracuse, I want to say. But maybe it was Washington UW. I don't remember where she was going from. I'm not sure. Uh, but she was overseas in Italy. She met a young guy, a, boy, a hot young Italian local boyfriend. They had lots of sex. They apparently had, uh, you know, wild parties. Nothing illegal here. But then her English roommate who was living with her, study abroad from England, uh, was found murdered in the bathtub in some sort of sex game crime, sla- you know, killed with a knife. Uh, then all these stories came about about her and her boyfriend and sex, wild, dangerous sex parties and drugs. And that one of them killed the girl. One of them what killed were the they roommate. doing? They were like. Cutting each other and stuff? Like uh, knife, games with knives or shit like that, and they accidentally killed her during a sex game. That mm. was like sort of like, it, it, it's all in Italian, it's hard to understand. But apparently drugs, let's say this, drugs, sex, and knives. Okay. And, a, and a girl ends up dead in the bathtub. It happens all the time. I could do without the knives. <laughs> it happens all the time. Yes, that's why, that's why you got to hide it. When you're having sex and drugs, you got to hide the knives. Mm-hmm. That's just the third, like sex and drugs sound great. The knives are really where your problem lies. Yeah. Uh, that's the problem. They don't have guns in Italy. 
Um, so anyhow, so she went on trial. She ended up getting like found not guilty, then guilty again, then not guilty, then guilty again. I don't know what the fuck happened, but she ended up spending four years in prison outside Florence mm-hmm. in a women's prison for a crime she doesn't commit. So now she's back in the U.S. And by the way, I think Italy still wants her to go back for like a third retrial. They have some fucked up judicial system there. Yeah, they just like kept retrying her. They can keep like bringing charges against you. There's no like uh, double jeopardy there. They can keep bringing charges against you. Uh, if they find like a new witness steps for, they can just bring you back again for another trial. At which point she said, which I always thought like, fuck it, I'm not going to Italy again. The U.S. could potentially extradite her, but they won't do, they won't do that. Anyhow, that's a man in Ox. She now has a TV show. <laughs> she has a TV show coming out on Vice. It's called The Scarlet Letter, by the way. Mm. Referring to the Scarlet Letter in the novel where the women who were thought to be un, uh, un innocent, non-innocent were had to write a Scarlet Letter of whorishness around ta- the puritanical town so that people could look down and spit on them. Mm. I guess that's her. Uh, so her show is on gender bias, stereotyping, misogyny as it plays out in the justice system. And she claims that women have been largely labeled as sex fiends, femme fatales, and therefore in murder cases, they get, they get prosecuted because of this, this, this uh, mis- misogynistic view of women as being uh, wild, crazy sex fiends who might murder. I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> no, I think she's one of the only examples of that ever. I, figure, I picked out two examples, her and Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct. who <laughs> was falsely accused of murder because she was a... Because she kept showing her vagina to the kept showing her vagina to the cops, so I really, I honestly can't think of another. I can think of a lot of guys. I can't think of a woman who's been like a high profile case of a woman thought to be a murderer because she's sexually loose and, and parties a lot. Oh, there was the other the Utah woman who killed her husband, and then they found a bunch of uh, naked photos and sex photos. Uh, I can't remember her name, but she had actually killed her husband. Oh yeah. I'm talking about like, but our, that did factor into the trial for no reason. Our nation's death rows filled with like hot coeds who have been accused of falsely accused of murder because they were sexually provo- uh, promiscuous. I think this is an example of her having extremely myopic worldview that doesn't um, go outside of herself. It's it's limited only to her own experience, and she thinks that's like what the rest of the world is like. Also, by the way, her experience took place in Italy. So the Italian justice system may be what she's describing, but how, would, how the fuck would we know? What is, how does that apply to a show in the U.S. where there doesn't seem to be any of this, this stereotyping or women being vilified for being, you know, being, being whorish or co-eds being loose and having many boyfriends and therefore being put in jail? Yeah, it's just not a thing. I don't know how this became a show, really. Well, here's the news. It's going to be on Vice. So Facebook is investing heavily in content. So they partnered with Vice to start creating shows. This is a very provocative show, which I think you can just create a provocative show, frame it as a socially relevant piece, and have no substantiation whatsoever for the claim, for the claim underlying your entire show. I mean, this is like uh, Dr. Oz and it's, co- and it's coffee, right. basically. But right. just, you can just pretend it's medicine and science, and if you're a doctor, and just do shows about it, and no one's going to allow to like say... Like, wait, no wait, one's going to call you out. No one's going to call you out. In terms of, like, you could just look at... You could probably debunk it as easy as Dr. Oz's coffee if you just looked at sentencing uh, charges versus the actual sentence for men and women. Yes. But she has, on her first show, she has an expert in the field of women being put down, being kept out, put down, put upon because they're women and seen as as slutty women. 
Amber Rose. Amber Rose mm. is going to be the first guest to talk about all the struggles she's had uh, in her life because people see her as a, as a slutty, loose, uh, promiscuous woman and how that's damaged her career. That is her career. I know. That's, that's sort of... Well, also Amanda Knox. Actually, this is her career because she was also falsely accused of being promiscuous. So, What is this doublespeak shit these people are doing? It's, it's idiotic. Amber Rose has a thing called the slut walk where she proclaims herself a proud slut and is now saying that that's somehow been a disadvantage for her. Well, if so, then don't have the slut walk. And by the way, you are a slut. Yes. And Amanda Knox has a TV show because people in Italy thought that she was a sex fiend. Who might be involved in sex with knives, sex with knives at some point? So she's got a TV show. There really is nothing here. There's actually nothing here. They're creating a show, which is not beyond Vice, by the way, because Vice loves any provocative topic, whether or not it's true. Mm-hmm. It's just the whole goal is to create a twenty-something millennial provo- socially provocative topic, pretend it's a, pheno- a huge phenomenon that is oppressing women, and then make a show, <laughs> make a show about it. But now we've gotten to the point where they're just making up shit. Like women are put in jail at fifty times the rate because they're seen as sexually promiscuous prostitutes and their whores and people are rising in courtrooms across the country saying burn that whore (laughs) this is just not happening i mean yes the scarlet her show is called the scarlet letter which actually is about the 17th century when the shit did happen when women who were seen as promiscuous were burned as witches or were fucking pilloried or whatever they had to wear letters on their chests i i agree with you that was a horrible time for women that just doesn't happen any time. It hasn't happened any time in recent history. It's just not a thing. Yeah, and I don't know in terms of if, if going to prison made Amanda Knox insane or if she was insane before that. But now she's, for whatever reason, definitely insane. Uh, you can tell by looking at, into her eyes. Yeah, I think she murdered her. <laughs> no, I didn't used to think so. Now I think she murdered her roommate. I do too, and she started dating that hipster guy there are just a lot of red flags and i don't know perhaps it's trauma from her you know admittedly terrible experience with the italian system but uh there's something off you know yeah i think that i think at some point we i mean yeah the pendulum has swung so far you're, you're now in a place where you can pitch a tv show based on a social political legal premise that doesn't even exist <laughs> pretend it's a real thing hype it like crazy Get Amanda Knox and Amber Rose together to talk about it as if those are legitimate sources of news and objective news and information. And no one's allowed to say boo about it because of the specific topic it's covering, which is misog- misogyny and gender and gender bias and sexism. Yeah, it's insane. And it's if she wants to say here was my experience, but, you know, she's already had the Netflix documentary and other documentaries like. I don't know. Is the dingo lady going to have a show like for all the people whose babies got stolen by dingoes and they were accused of murdering the baby? Like, dingo ate my baby. Is that going to be a show? Is fucking, uh, I don't know, Tom Brady going to have a show about all the people accused of overinflating their footballs? Uh, the answer to that is no. However, if your show is about women being subjugated to the patriarchy and being put down, it will be greenlit in about 11 seconds. <laughs> so my advice to you is if you want to get a show on TV... Uh, especially on digital, cha- the new digital channels, is to uh, em- employ... Uh, the first thing I, I'm, pitch- I'm pitching a TV show, the first thing I did was put a tranny character in there. Okay. The very first thing I did. All right. Yeah. And people, uh, people uh, the first reaction I get, I feel like, oh, a tranny, uh, transsexual, <laughs> uh, a, a very, a very uh, important transsexual character. That's really progressive. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Thank you. By the way, when I first started writing stuff, I used to just put tits in everything. Because all the people who read them were guys. Yeah. And they would just love to read about tits. I like to read about tits. So there was always, like, the advice 20 years ago was, like, always put tits and sex in the first couple of pages of what we were writing. 
and now it's like put uh, progressive activists, <laughs> female empowerment shit, like in the first couple pages. So when women see it, they're going to feel like it's really meant, it's really powerful meant for them. <laughs> it's fun. What a fucking game. Uh, Brian, you have something you wish to Pim and Perona. I know you do. You got a big show tonight. You're wearing sparkles. Yeah. By the time you hear this, you'll have missed it. But oh, uh, fuck. I'm playing with we Jen. Need live, o- we need a live stream, dude. Yeah. Well, let's get on that for 2018. Uh, Jen Awad. Really talented singer um, and fashion designer as well, actually. Mm. I'll be wearing one of her sparkly She's a hyphenate. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Playing bass and trumpet again uh, with her. Really like kind of Motown-y, R&B, soulful vocals from her. I'm part of her eight-piece band, so it's pretty cool. That's awesome. What, Matt, uh, I mean, uh, Brian, let me ask you a question I was wondering. Uh, when the heroin runs out halfway through your bass set, what do you do? Do you keep some of your, like, in your pocket? Is it, like, in your bass, under your hat? Where do you keep the extra heroin? I don't know, man. That's when I start missing all my notes and stuff. Yeah, nobody likes a strung-out bass player. you got to be really fucking That's in there. when I pass it to the cello player, and then I pick up a trumpet. That's when you do your big bass solo? There you go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, something you want to sell yourself on? Like a cheap fucking whore? Uh, MattRalston.net. I've uh, cataloged our sexual harassment Ooh. fantasy draft pool that we have. I got, I, do, who, uh, who had the best picks, do you think? Well, I think you did because yours were really kind of obscure, which makes me think you know something. <laughs> uh, you picked guys that no one's ever heard of on yes. sports teams. Yes. Um, I think, I, I, by the way, I, pick, when I was thinking about it, in the NFL draft every year, Right before the draft is when all the stories come out about like sexual assault over the players. Mm-hmm. So I just picked a player out of Alabama <laughs> who's going to be in the top ten, uh-huh. just assuming there'll be a sexual assault claim against them because it happens every year. There's like smart, the, yeah, like the whole the whole what's his face the guy from Florida, Florida State the quarterback uh, plays James Winston. Yeah, like him. There's just every time, especially anytime I see a black S- a Southern player comes out top in the draft. There are always multiple sexual assault claims against them during the draft process. Very smart. I tried to look at substance abuse issues, mm, that's a good particularly one drinking. Uh, and uh, like I said, I threw Skipper in there because, you know, it might come out he was fired for other reasons. Oh, uh, I see. Good one. Alex Trebek. Good one. Yeah. So, there, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We got until the, the New Year's Eve. To, Check. Oh, you should have gone to January 1st, I think, because some harassment could have happened on New Year's Eve. Oh, I didn't oh think fuck about it. That's that. okay. It's like it's like the reverse school pool. All right, check out MattRalston.net for uh, see my winning picks. <laughs> I intend to win the uh, what? How much money in the pool? A uh, hundred dollars. I intend to win that hundred dollars and use it to uh, harass a lady. <laughs> uh, you can check me on the Blaze on Friday mornings. I want to thank Rocco's in Studio City. You guys were oh man, thank you for our stu- live studio audience. Oh, you guys yes. are the best. Uh, pizza, beer, and, and the people here. I come for the people. Absolutely. Thanks, Lex. Last minute. Talk to you next week.